Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and you know what that means. It's time to talk about Monday Night Raw. I can't say that. that you know what that means. This is the wrong show. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and that means it's time for the Monday Night Raw after show here on Wrestling Inc. Uh, this week, it's being brought to us by HelloFresh. It's time to spring into something delicious with HelloFresh. Every week, you get fresh pre-portioned ingredients and recipes delivered to your door Get 16 free meals plus three gifts with code INC16 at HelloFresh.com slash INC16. I want to know what those three gifts are. I, how, what are they? What are they? Do we know? Or is it mystery, Raj? You, you know, right? I have no idea, but uh, we we did a HelloFresh week last week. We'll talk more about it later on the show, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Everything they've done has been amazing, so I'm sure the guests yeah. will be pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, they, they must be. Uh, we had a pretty big show tonight. Before we do, of course, I'm Jack Farmer. I'm at Real Jack Farmer. Justin Labar at Justin Labar. Guys, um, I don't want to I don't want to start on a downer, but um, I, we we have to say goodbye and we have to bid farewell to uh, something near and dear to me uh, at Raj Geary underscore three zero three no longer no longer with us uh here in spirit only on the name tag under raj raj you're at the raj giri now because i'm not a raj giri i'm the raj giri the <laughs> the the one and only well i'm a i i, I can hear sarah mclaughlin i will remember you <laughs> and i'm too lazy to change our graphic i need to fix that yes <laughs> it is no longer raj gary underscore 303 it is the raj gary and um look uh big changes have been happening on the site things behind the scenes and uh figure i might as well uh take advantage of this time to to switch it over who's this joker that's already occupying at raj giri they better have a ton of tweets they better he's be a professor active. so he's doing, <laughs> he's doing better work than i am apparently. he's got 207 followers i know yeah i'll tell you when i set up mine i was like i want to be at jack who who already has this and i was like oh yeah, never getting at Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, real Raj Geary, the Raj Geary, both of those sound pretentious as hell. Right? <laughs> you know, like, not all those fake Raj Geary's, the, the real ones here in the house. But, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, it's either maybe, that or a number. Maybe we're a, a little pretentious. <laughs> so, what? Deal with it. Hey, you know, we are the and the real. The so, real, that's the name of our the real Rod the real. <laughs> well, we speak about change and change uh, may or may not be in the air for Roderick Strong, who's been asking for his release from WWE. Roderick Strong has reportedly requested his WWE NXT release, but the company has him factored into upcoming creative plans. Strong has re requested his release, quote, multiple times in the past several months, according to Fightful Select. However, word is that WWE has denied the request. The veteran pro wrestler is said to be frustrated with many things within WWE over the past year, which led to him asking for his release. Strong has reportedly remained professional in his handling of creative week to week. It was also noted that WWE officials currently have no plans to release Strong as he is factored into upcoming creative plans. Uh, I think it's all... Uh, 
speculation on our end at this point what's going on in in Roderick Strong's mind but uh, Justin I'll throw it to you I would have to assume if he wants out he must believe he has a landing spot somewhere else well he does have a landing spot somewhere else that's why WWE's <laughs> not gonna let him go for the just just for the principle of it I mean uh yeah the, the last little part of Fightful Select's uh report of uh he factors into future WWE creative plans no he doesn't <laughs> that's, that's not <laughs> true uh, but anyways uh, i feel for the guy but he's definitely got an uphill battle to make this happen because uh when the three other guys who he's associated with when they were all in nxt are all just being used as just a blatant spinoff continuation uh yeah, at the top of AEW's card um you know WWE sees that they're going to know that's just where he's going to go. Uh, you know, his wife, Marina Shafir, is now working with AEW as well. So, uh, of course, he's asking for his release because I'm sure he has an indication that he'd have a job waiting for him. Uh, but, so all the more reason they're just not going to have to happen. Yeah, Raj, any uh, any insight to this? I always I feel like I understand when someone says they want out of their contract if they're not on TV. But to be fair, Roderick Strong's actually been pretty heavily featured over the past few months, uh, even going to NXT UK and being a part of diamond mine. Um, I don't know. What are your, what are your, what's your take on this? Well, he resigned last year and, uh, but granted he resigned and then NXT changed. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they became 2.0, which it's no longer a third party brand. That's like an ROH. It's now developmental back and back again. So uh, I don't know if Roderick strong fits into those plans. I don't see him being room for the main roster. I mean, he's been in NXT forever and uh, I just don't see him being someone that's going to be a, a featured on the main roster. So, you know, I, I could see like after he resigned the changes that happened, he, he probably doesn't feel like he fits in those plans. And look, in my opinion, um, this seems like a win-win to release him. Uh, WWE, they save a little money. Um, not having him, it's better for Roddy. Uh, he's not a WWE kind of guy uh, for, as far as the main roster goes, and I, I just, I just feel like it's a, it's a win-win to to let him go. But you know, if he resigned, like you said, before the NXT uh, switchover happened, you know, he's what kind of money is he making? How much of a savings is there? again? Probably to in cutthroat business mind to them, it's more beneficial for them to keep control and to keep him under that, under their thumb. So he doesn't go and be they can, they obviously know right where he would go and what he would be to a show that is competition to them, whether they want to admit it or not. Sure. But does that, does Roderick strong going to AEW mean anything? Like, does that make even a 0.1 difference in the ratings? I I don't think it does. Probably not, but, but uh, you know, I don't know. And they just released 10 people. So, you know, why not? Well, that's where I say he has been on TV. Now, when certain people have been off TV forever and then they're, they're asking for their release and then they don't get it and you see other people get released, I think what's going That's That seems unfair. But regardless of what the plans are, I mean, maybe they may not be universal championship, but they're clearly using him. He's on TV. And so even if he's doing what, whatever they're doing with him, I, I got to at least say with WWE, look, you signed the contract. You agreed to be here. And we're using you. We we do have a plan for you. Uh, I get being frustrated if you're Roderick Strong, but also all I know about this, obviously, what I literally just read, but if he's, I think he's also doing the right thing, saying, look, if I can get out, cool. If not, I'll be professional and do what I'm supposed to do. But just so you know, 
if you're trying to cut people. I, I think one of the things is if you go public with asking for your release, and clearly Roderick Strong, uh, he he wasn't fighting to get this news, uh, preventing to get this news out there. Um, it's best to just stay quiet and you know not uh, go public with it because then you're almost forcing their hand. And and if WWE is in a position where it looks like well, now, you know, you asked for your release and you got it. That's that's also a bad precedent for them. So because then everybody starts getting talkative on Twitter. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, it's almost like you have to go a, a different way with it. Well, hopefully things work out for the best for everybody in that. I'm a big fan of Roderick Strong, so I like seeing him on TV one way or the other. Uh, but we will see how that all plays out. Um, speaking of holding off on things though, WWE seems to be holding off on a major Roman Reigns match. And that is the singles match between Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. They're waiting. It seems until a bigger event, according to Dave Meltzer on the latest edition of wrestling observer radio, the two men will be colliding at the upcoming WrestleMania backlash premium live event. But that is part of a six man tag team match. Both Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre were injected into the originally planned unification match between RK bro and the Usos. At this stage, it is unknown whether any of the titles will now be on the line. Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre have been competing in singles matches during live events recently. This has been the case prior to WrestleMania 38 and has continued since then. But WWE is holding off on having them compete at a premium live event in what would likely be for both titles. That is simply because WWE wants to do this at a bigger show as the company deems this as a major match. Of course, WWE has the clash at the Castle show in September, which is another stadium event because this one is taking place in the United Kingdom. McIntyre is expected to have a big role on the card. When speaking to Coltaholic, Drew made it clear that facing Roman Reigns at the UK show would be a dream scenario. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit, obviously, with Raw, but Raj, I think Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, Prince Money, I think this is this is a big match that you should save for a big show. Is it not? Yeah, I mean, look, I love Dave, but a lot of the stuff he said was no shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. Clearly, they're, uh, they're not wasting that match on one of these B shows. And, and now we're kind of at the point where the stadium shows are kind of the, the A shows. And... Uh, Look, they just, after weeks and weeks of building the Usos versus RK Bro, they just completely pulled it, and uh, which just blows my mind. It's like, fine, I, I get wanting to hold that off for a bigger show, but you've known this for months that you have uh, stadium shows ahead. Um, so anyway, uh, but the bottom line being, I, I almost think Drew could be the guy to beat Roman at the UK pay-per-view. You know, it doesn't hurt Roman. He he wins it back uh, a month or two later. Uh, I don't think it affects ratings or anything at all. Look, I love what they've done with Roman. I think he is the biggest star in the comp, you know, in in the industry right now. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that UK pay per view and that pop and that, that just building that up as a special event. I think Drew winning, I could see it happening, and then but not holding it on. Holding on to it for a while because I think Roman is still the guy. It should still be Roman at WrestleMania with the title, whether it's The Rock, if he can do it, if it's not, whoever else, Cody, whoever else. But uh, yeah, I, I see Justin doesn't agree. Well, I, I don't, I mean, yeah, obviously doing it at this Clash of the Castles is, is, is where you do it. That's where it's going to mean the most. Um, 
that's where it's going to print the most money. I, I I don't really I don't know if I believe I don't know if I buy into like or I want to. I don't know if I buy into him being the guy to beat Roman, but then again, if, if Roman still has both world titles and they and they do want to have, at that point, it comes September, they're ready to have two world champion holders. If if that if it doesn't happen prior to that, if Roman doesn't drop one of them prior, then yeah, I guess that in that situation, uh, you're okay, and Roman can still hold, um, whichever world title it was he went into Mania with. I forget at this one. Um, so with that, so that, yeah, so that way that running tally of days is still there. So that way, when you get around to next year's Mania, where you get the maybe dream match against the rock you can have that stack going into the tail of the tape um but yeah like like Raj said i you know they just completely screwed up what was actually a very well i was excited for a, a tag team unifying match between the two best tag teams they have and let's just toss this house show slop into it you know. yeah this yeah. this sunday is a it's a house show yeah it on, is on tv it really is to be fair to WrestleMania backlash, backlash has always been a no, little bit. That's not a statement we get to say. There's no, to be fair to WrestleMania backlash. <laughs> WrestleMania backlash shouldn't be a thing, so he gets no fairness. <laughs> gets a, yeah. It and, doesn't, yeah. It doesn't. Putting WrestleMania it. in the title, to begin with, just bothers the hell out of me. But uh, on top of that, to present this kind of card, geez. It's, uh, outside of Ronda versus Charlotte, it's a completely forgettable event. Isn't backlash always a kind of a forgettable event, though? I mean, it has. Some, I think we could probably go back and find one or two, but for the most part, isn't it always kind of a? No, no. They, they, there was. There's been some time. Actually, here, here's a, here's a good example. Uh, the the anniversary was ten years ago the other day on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there in Chicago. Brock Lesnar's first match back after you know his hiatus of leaving to do NFL and UFC. Uh, you know him versus Cena. Um, there's been some other ones that were. If but what did Brock ever go and do after that? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> who, 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 it blew my be? mind that Cena beat be? Brock in that match. <laughs> oh, mine too. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like, um, no, actually, backlash is. There's been some years where if a big enough you know return happened the night after Mania or what have you, that there was there was worthwhile to set up um, for a backlash. But it's just it's it's become way it's just become way too many rematches every year. I think that you know you look at WWE and when they fall off, uh, it's always during football season. And in May, and granted, you have the NBA playoffs and whatever, but it's also so uninspired after WrestleMania that the ratings fall off a cliff, pick you know, pick up in July. Um, and if they went the other way, like made it super hot, pick up, you know, take advantage of all this momentum you have, and maybe you do, Cody, right off the bat, you know, do something where it's it doesn't feel like you're just taking time off and. Anyway, that's that's what they're doing. The ratings are falling. Uh, NBA playoffs have happened every year, and and there have been years where raw ratings went up against the NBA playoffs. So you know. Anyway, yeah. we'll see. We'll see how they do tonight down the or I guess in the coming days. But speaking of things that I feel like are obvious statements, uh, MJF uh, says that uh, continues saying if the money is there, he'll go to WWE when his AEW contract is up. MJF was in the United Kingdom this past weekend appearing for the uh, For the Love of Wrestling convention that took place in Liverpool, England, hosted by Monopoly Events. The event, similar to that of WrestleMania Access, saw the salt of the earth enter the ring for a Q&A session. The three-time Dynamite Diamond Ring winner furthermore, further addressed rumors about his future. Uh, his contract is set to expire in 2024 in January. Amid interest from WWE, he said, 
I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but on January 1st, 2024, I'm going to be a free agent, MJF said. Who here would want to see me in WWE? So let me explain something to you people. I did not get into this business to make any of you happy. I got into this business to make as much money as humanly possible. And if Vincent Kennedy McMahon is willing to shell out more money than my good friend Tony Khan, then yes, I would go to WWE. Justin Labar, I know we get caught up in AW versus WWE, but at the end of the day, if you are actually in the wrestling business, don't you always go to whoever is paying you the most money? I mean, that's the name of the game. It's a business. You know, it's all about drawing. It's all about, you know, making money. Uh, you know, MJF's got it. He's 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 got it figured out. I mean, he he never really breaks character. Uh, so that kind of already in, in him being a rarity in 2022 in, in pro wrestling and the world of social media, being a guy who never breaks character. It's kind of like a comedian. You get to kind of like how comedians get to hide behind some jokes sometimes saying things, getting away with things or trying to get away with things. <laughs> he kind of gets to hide behind. Oh, I'm always in character. But this is kind of, I mean, it's a pretty smart thing. You know, he, he's he's doing all this. He's dry, you know, he's bringing awareness to his contract date while he's one of the most pushed stars of a company. Uh, it's not like it's not like he's, you know, got a Mustafa Ali or Roderick Strong gripe. You know, I mean, yeah. he's he's amongst the top of the card. And I, I imagine, you know, he's getting paid decent. I'm sure he'd like to, you know, see some CM Punk or, you know, that kind of money. But. You know, he gets to hide behind it, it being, uh, you know, he's in character. But in reality, he's bringing awareness to the entire world of when his contract's up. So obviously, WWE hears this. Um, you know, I, I think Tony Khan probably has to kind of take a certain fine line of like, you know, probably doesn't love the comments, but at the same time knows that like, okay, this is just one of my top heels doing his shtick, and he knows what he's doing. And, and Tony Khan knows that whatever that current amount he's paying MJF right now, he is going to have to pay a higher number to keep him so it's it's kind of a brilliant thing it really just kind of furthers you know again we all praise mjf for being you know 26 years old and being as good of a heel as he is and more old school not not the cool heel factor and this is another kind of brilliant move is yeah go out there and just talk about your what, what, what's gonna happen talk about your contract negotiations what are they gonna do roger gonna stop they're gonna stop airing mjf on aew you gonna stop booking them no yeah yeah, but it is a it is a unique situation because we haven't really seen that even in WWE. I, I, the closest thing I could think of was when CM Punk, his contract was coming up with WWE or W, you know, and uh, yeah, that match with Cena, and it was one of actually one of the best storylines that they did at the time, and then the follow up sucked. But at the time, it was it was pretty awesome, and clearly they knew Punk was staying. Um, the thing with Tony Khan and seeing MJF saying this is he lost Cody. Like mm -hmm. it's no longer one of those things where uh, he's definitely holding on to these talents. Now it's, it's a real thing where people are going to be going back and forth. So, you know, uh, the stuff MJF is saying, it's actually true. And uh, yeah. I don't know how much uh, uh, as the doors open more and more over the next couple of years, because, because of AEW contracts, because they haven't been releasing people, uh, they've been letting the contracts expire. It's only now that we're starting to see um, the floodgates open a little bit. And the next two years is when the big names will be up. So um, it, it's going to be a fascinating time. This is, I think, what a lot of us initially thought was going to mm -hmm. be uh, AEW versus WWE in, in the sense of, wrestlers going back and forth so far it had been one way now it's going to be both ways 
And I think it's going to be a, a fun couple of years ahead. Yeah, it's very, this is where it gets exciting. It was fun when AEW was signing people. And I still think it's fun when AEW signs people, but now WWE signing people. I always say that's good for everybody. I think the fact that MJ is probably going to get paid more because there are options is good for, for everybody as well. Uh, you know, my little hot take is I kind of have a feeling MJF might go Hollywood. Uh, maybe not by 2024, but I mean, he's been on Rosie O'Donnell. He's he's a part of acapella groups and things like that. I think he's a performer. I could see him going Hollywood instead of staying in wrestling. Maybe not 2024, but we we talk about Roman Reigns going Hollywood all the time. I could see MJF doing it. Well, yeah, I mean, I could see that too. And this might be a little unfair to say because AEW is still only, what, three years old. So we have to kind of see, but... Again, if that was a if that was an aspiration, if you have MJF's twenty six now, if he says, you know, by the time I'm thirty six, I'd like to be done taking a lot of bumps and and I'd like to you know just <clears throat> use my verbal skills and my whatever. I mean, WWE is the proven track record of where it propels people to Hollywood. You know, it's got you know forty years of history dating back to you know Hogan and Piper and um you know so again not to say i mean again aw is young so it's, it's unfair to say that but again, again just one more thing if that wasn't if that wasn't his plan you know wb is where you get on the today show uh and then do the morning stuff the wb is where you get you know into hollywood films so yeah and also in hollywood to make it to be making real money you have to be a, a top star or uh you know be a part of a, a hit show so he's not going to make as much in Hollywood as he would with wrestling, unless he, he was a part of something that really took off. You look, The Rock is an, an anomaly. Uh, Piper never made as much as, you know, he did in wrestling with Hollywood. So it, it, Hollywood sounds like a lot of money, but you got to be at the, at the top to, to be making that, that serious cash. 100%. Um, but it, as we move on here, we uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I want to circle back to it. Uh, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh chefs really know how to diversify the menu with seasonal recipes like salmon limon and uh, pasta primavera. I can't pronounce any of this stuff. But you can customize your favorite dishes with their new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out one protein or side for another, upgrading for a more luxe experience, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored to you. So, I, again, we talk about this all the time. I love this. And, Justin, something you always bring up happened to me where I had a chicken uh, meal, and I took the chicken out, I left it out, and um, I didn't get to making it, and then the chicken went bad, but I had all the other ingredients. So I was, like, making other stuff. I was like, oh, cool, I got all these potatoes and things. I can make other stuff. And I was able to take all the fresh ingredients and just make something else out of it, which was really kind of cool to see something you've said before really literally play out in real time for me. Yeah, if you, if you have a you know an oopsie in the planning or something goes wrong, I mean, you don't lose the whole meal. You don't lose out on your investment uh, for that meal. It's certainly, as I said, I've made a couple meals out of um, some scraps. But, yeah, when you do it right, and it's not, I mean, occasionally but it, it, you know, it might have a oops but it's it's really easy to do this you know all three of us are, are regular users our i mean our families have all become uh 
you know, we, we've all made it, it's all become part of our, our planning of, you know, putting in your, your, and you can select what you want. You, you, I think it's Wednesday's a deadline and they'll have it delivered by Monday. You can select what kind of meals you want, all kinds of different criteria. And then they give you the, the, the recipe cards. It's dummy proof. Everything's 20 to 30 minutes max of cooking. Um, and I mean, I, I do the cooking for two. Jack does the cooking for six, you know, <laughs> make as it, much as I can. So whatever, whatever. So whatever your strategy is, <laughs> I always portion it out and then I just eat all of it at once. I'm a monster. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, last week was a hello fresh week for us. We, we did the spaghetti, chicken sausage, bolognese. Uh, I, I, I put that out on Twitter. I, I put a picture of it. It was so delicious. Uh, my, my girls, uh, by the next day, I mean, because even with four, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hearty portion. So we, we had leftovers, but by the next day it was gone. Then we had, uh, the pork burgers, which were just delicious. And, and we got a, a turkey, uh, dish that we're going to be making this week. It's just fantastic. It makes you feel like a chef when you're making yes. it. Yes. And you, you feel, and if the food is good, you feel good. And again, you feel like a chef, you feel great at it. Uh, I recommend everyone go to hellofresh.com slash INC16 and use the code INC16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That is hellofresh.com slash INC16 and use Promo code INC16 for 16 free meals and three free gifts. I don't know what the free gifts are. Someone order it and get it and then tell me what the, the free gifts are. Uh, America's number one meal kit. Give it a try. Why don't you? Uh, before we get into the show, let's, as always, I always like to thank everyone. The Tornado, Anthony Y. We got my email, Allison Tuckwab, TM, DMT, Dion. We got David Montal Montalvo. Uh, Huffman Elite Training, JT098 in the house, Bernie DC, Ethan Cruz, Night One, all of you, thank you so much for joining us. We also have a few super chats I want to make sure we get to. Robert Martinez saying, loving this Raw roster, well-balanced and a great show. Uh, Raj, is that because we, we're seeing a little bit more of the Tribal Chief, you think, or is this just a good roster? It feels like Raw is hotter right now than SmackDown, right? It, or is that yeah. just me? No, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, we, especially with Cody, um, Roman appearing uh, on this show, I, it just feels like uh, the more interesting show right now. It, it's three hours that's always going to be a handicap, but outside of that, it, it feels more eventful. Yeah, if this roster and these storylines are in a two-hour show, oh, you know, geez, yeah, you know. yeah, this would be great. So, yeah, I think we're all in agreement there, Robert. Um and then we also have uh, Sheet Black saying WrestleMania backlash is going to suck. <laughs> uh, strong, strong words. You know, uh, here's, here's, here's what I, I want to know. Jump she, in on, oh, Sheet, sorry, are, Sheet, are you? Are you? So I want to know, Sheet. Now that you're already thinking that, are you actually going to attempt to watch it? Or are you just going to? Are you, you going to torture yourself? You're just going to accept it. Yeah, she let us know in the chat. Uh, you don't have to super chat. Just let us know. But uh, I have a feeling this is going to be one of those ones. I don't think it'll make a whole lot of difference in the world of wrestling. But I, I have a feeling if you're a fan of wrestling, this is going to be actually like a really fun show to watch. It's going to be one of those like great matches kind of shows. But, uh, you know, a lot of times these shows are the ones that over deliver. It's the mm -hmm. ones that just you, you're like, ah, I don't even care to watch this. And then you watch it like, oh, wow, that was actually a really fun show. I don't think it's going to be one that we talk about a month from now, but I think, I think it'll probably deliver as far as uh, the in-ring action and everything goes. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. And then we have a uh, comment from Allison Tuckwell that says, why was your channel saying canceled and some other channels said that? I'm not sure what that's referring to. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what that is referring to. Allison, if you could let us know uh, in the chat, maybe a little more details on that. She she actually has some follow-up. She said this afterwards, other shows like BC and Fry was canceled. And then she said... I messed up my first match. BC. Uh, I'm not sure. She's trying to explain, but I don't. Yeah, I'm sorry, Allison. I'm I'm not sure. Um. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ah, so um, yeah. Let us know uh, if you have any more details on that. Let's get into the show. Let's chat about it already. We start off with the uh, oh, and Sheed Black says, uh, <laughs> "I'm going to watch it." I wanted to emphasize WrestleMania backlash. <laughs> that's, that's wrestlemania should never be in a pay-per-view title uh, unless it's wrestlemania that, it's just a cheap peacock marketing thing it's so I, bad i definitely though i, I almost i want to get tickets to wrestlemania backlash just so i can be like bro i got tickets to wrestlemania backlash <laughs> <laughs> it's like what, super bowl right. after party well actually the super bowl after party would probably be pretty cool that actually would be (laughs) uh so we start the show off with the bloodline coming out and uh i saw someone say this on twitter i wish i wrote down their at because they deserve it against uh r clay bro uh coming out (laughs) and doing some damage but basically uh rk bro takes out the usos drew matt comes out and stared at stares down roman reigns and it ends in a big dust up uh Justin, I'll start here with this. Um, this was the first time it felt like the bloodline as a whole was outstarred and overpowered. Yeah, a little bit. Like on paper, this is a really cool opening, but the execution was weird. Like, okay, so RK Bro, that's cool, right? You, you, you know, you know the lights are gonna be out and whatever, and so like you take advantage, come in, <clears throat> take out the Usos, but then like they take out the Usos, and I understand that they're baby faces, like RK Bro is and, and and Drew. So like you know you you don't you don't want to be too heelish. You want to still be have some integrity, right? But you take out the Usos, you now have a chance to surround Roman, but they just kind of back off, and then Drew takes 15 minutes to get to the ring. By this point, the Usos should be back up and you know having dinner at this. Point. I mean they like it, it was just the whole concept of like you know using the numbers game to finally get you know get back at, at, and do what the bloodline does to everybody else which is a numbers game it just, it just kind of made the baby faces look stupid I, I felt, that's what i felt like by the end of the segment was like, the baby faces look stupid they just totally missed an opportunity here that's kind of what i felt i could see i could see when they were putting the show together saying no it'd be cool to have the music hit for mcintyre but you're right in the execution it just felt like a big pause in the middle of all the action like where as opposed to kind of jumping and suddenly Roman Reigns is completely surrounded. Yeah. But I like the idea of it 100%. Uh, Raj, I wanted to go to you about Drew McIntyre because he was one of these guys that was used and we felt like he was being overused and overexposed, forced into the world title picture for a long time, as we would say. Then we were like, oh, now he's doing this stuff with like Happy Corbin and Sami Zayn. But he was in the ring and it felt like, that was all the right stuff because now this feels fresh. He feels full power. I want to see, I want to see these two guys go at it. It feels like it worked out perfectly. I thought this was a strong opener. I felt like Roman freshens the show up. Uh, be, you know, 
their rules for wrestlers going back and forth between Raw and SmackDown make no sense at this point. But uh, Roman appearing on Raw makes it feel like a big deal. And I, I felt like this opening, just it just felt uh, big. And I thought Roman was outstanding. Uh, I, I think, again, not... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They didn't really explain why the match was changed from the unification to a, a six-man tag, right? I believe I it was because... <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> I think you're right. And, and, and I, but and to the point though about guys going from show to show, it, it was a nice touch too if you caught it. So, yeah, the Universal is what he had been carrying on SmackDown and carried going into Mania. He won the WWE Championship from Brock. The WWE Championship is what he and Paul Heyman had out there tonight. They didn't have the Universal title. So, it was a nice touch that he at least brought with him the world title that is last associated with Raw. So, like that, at least that's like, you know, that's his, ult- that's his passport. He can go to whatever show he wants. I, I like the idea of the champions being unified and being able to go from show to show yeah yeah i think that's better than having two sets of champions personally the i i agree completely which is why i was so bummed out they threw out the unification of the tag team titles and to the point we were making earlier if i i think the biggest issue with wwe the thing that bugs me the most is so often they just say never mind about all that other stuff and it felt like they'd Everything we've watched building up to a WrestleMania backlash for the tag team titles, they basically said, oh, yeah, never mind. And they just started over <laughs> a week before the show. And it, it, to me, it felt like, well, then why did I watch all this buildup? You, you, that, that's what bugs me the most about WWE is they do that kind of stuff. We're like, oh, never mind. It's like, oh, yeah, I, the, the men in black, you know. Yeah, uh, this, I would have been better off waiting till – wrestlemania backlash and watching their promo package that's going to be awesome and explain it all in five minutes instead of investing three hours every week watching this story unfold they know their stadium shows that are coming up they know what it's not like this is a a fluid situation that they're learning on the go they know what's coming up and to not plan ahead and figure out where you want to go for those big shows at least on top granted I'm, i'm sure they're not they don't have the 24-7 plans ahead through September, which is fine. Right. <laughs> They've got that plan through WrestleMania 40, trust me. <laughs> yeah. They have that plan all the way with Roderick Strong. His next right, but, but having your titles and Roman and you know the, the where you want to go from there, that, that should be baked in at this point, You know, at least through the UK pay-per-view. You have three stadium shows coming up in a row. Uh, this... WrestleMania Backlash, I mean, let's face it, this is a throwaway show. I have a feeling Hell in a Cell, which we, we keep forgetting, is also going to happen before the stadium shows kick in, before Money in the Bank. I have a feeling that's going to be a throwaway show. So, yeah. They should have it planned out. I mean, at least through the show they're building to at that moment, you know, to change <laughs> your mind in what was your biggest your biggest story going into the show to go, never mind. <laughs> like, like to your that to your was point, the only match I was looking forward to. Yeah, it, to your point, if it if it was Ricochet's thing, all due respect, I I love Ricochet and I love the IC title. But if you change that, I go okay, I get it. But this was the biggest thing you were doing, and you just threw it out and changed it uh, at the last second. So yeah, it'd be like if Succession is like next week, you know, there's this big showdown between Logan and the Suns. And then they're like, ah, we ended up not doing it. 
right. I, I, I don't know what the equivalent is, but because there is no other, it's like getting to the, it's like going to the Super Bowl, and then the last week they go, we're gonna have two different teams fight, play right. for the title. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, but I, I do want to. My last point on this, it is funny how Roman Reigns has beaten so many people so decisively. But I look at the Raw roster, and I think you got five people who could legitimately challenge him. And make it interesting, whether it be I think Randy Orton right now could be a good challenger. I think Riddle would be a feisty underdog kind of challenger. I think uh, obviously Cody Rhodes. I think Drew McIntyre. Well, Drew McIntyre still on SmackDown, but uh, and then also uh, Seth Rollins and Cody. I think you've got a handful of guys who could like be really spicy matches. Still, I think you have him do Riddle first, and that leads to Orton. You know, yeah. I think uh, you you do because Riddle no Riddle's not beating Reigns, right? But that could be a step to get to uh, Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton at Money in the Bank <clears throat> or something. And, and you know, and then we'll get to it in a little bit. But then, based upon like the promo they had tonight and the words directed at Cody, and obviously we know Cody's quest to become a world champion, Cody with his family history going up against Reigns with his family lineage that's that's got big big marquee to it big money yeah absolutely um so uh and it looks like allison clarified by the way uh says on your channel here and on bc amplified his channel youtube i wish i could send it to you i'm going to try to send it to you huh another (laughs) a few more bucks (laughs) still no clarity (laughs) sorry allison sorry allison i'm I don't it just it, let us know what you mean is canceled. What what, what was canceled? Yeah, yeah, because I, I can't figure that out. But we continue on and we've I got Allison has right now. <laughs> yeah, some wacky tobacco. After three hours of raw, we could all be so lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got Zeke and the Street Profits uh, going up against Alpha Academy and Kevin Owens. The heroes are drinking and Alpha Academy and KO think that Zeke is a liar. So we get a match. Uh, another fun one between a, pair, a couple of parents we've seen a bunch of time, times. Uh, Justin, all this aside, I still, I'm still digging the KO Ezekiel stuff. I think it's a, a perfect non-title, low-stakes rivalry. Uh, yeah, I, I dig it too. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, Kevin Owens is coming off the biggest match of his career, having a Mania match with Austin, and they choose to let, you know, a repackaged Elias now Eze- Ezekiel uh, uh, as a babyface too. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't uh, be the guy that Kevin's working with. So that's a nice little rub in itself. But really, I, I like this was a heavy six man or six woman tag show tonight. Yes, but I did enjoy this because if you look at all six guys. KO Street Profits or KO uh, Alpha Academy Street Profits um, Ezekiel. All six of them are very entertaining right now. Mm-hmm. All six are getting over the way they should with the audience right now. So that makes it fun when when everybody's getting a reaction, when everybody comes out. You hear KO's music. You know he means business, and he, he's screaming about liars. Uh, I mean, God, the shoosh and the thank you, all the stuff that Alpha Academy is getting over. Talk, you know, here's Zeke speak. Obviously, Street Profits got a ton of catchphrases and, and whatever. It just this is really fun. This 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 is one of the highlights right now of Monday nights is, is to see these the, the crossings of, of these characters. Yeah, Raj, any uh, any takeaways from this? I, again, I'm I'm digging this. I'm loving it. Uh, I feel like we've seen Profits and Alpha mm-hmm. Academy together a bunch, but at the same time, I'm just like I'm still just it's still fun the two, the personalities. So I think everyone involved in this is outstanding. I think. Uh, 
Ezekiel, this whole thing, I I, I have a feeling they don't know where it's going. <laughs> it's it's a week to week thing, but I think uh, Ezekiel, he's great in this role. It, it it is a fun little angle, whatever. Even though they might not know where they're going with it, it it's been entertaining. So I thought this was just it was fun. I thought it was really really good. Well, and the good thing too with the Ezekiel stuff is that like they they know they know that year from now whatever they can let him take a few weeks off let him grow the beer back and you can always bring Elias back you can kind of have a a Mick Foley kind of thing where he can jump in and out of a few different characters now and that'll be like Elias is back and you know it'll, it'll you know and Ke- like Elias will sh- like Elias will show up at a rumble and Kevin Owens next year will go ape shit <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know, if this was the Thunderdome era, we probably would have seen Elias and Ezekiel together. <laughs> yes, we would have. This is where, if they could have planned this out far enough in advance to pre-film some backstage stuff with Elias and Kevin oh. Owens, and then show it now, would have been gold. I'm actually surprised they haven't. Even, dude, back in the '80s, they had Roddy Piper interview Roddy Piper. I don't know if you ever saw that Piper's bit. Right, that that'd yeah. be that would be gold to have <laughs> to have him run into Elias backstage. <laughs> yeah, mind. Yeah, you just need a fake beard and a wig, and you can do it. <laughs> but if but the Undertaker I, fought himself at a SummerSlam, <laughs> we can make this happen. The, uh, the, you know, and what I like too about the people who are calling him Ezekiel and agreeing that he's Ezekiel is there's always this little tone in their voice that you can't really tell if they're just messing with <laughs> Kevin Owens and that they're all in on the joke or if right. they really believe he's Ezekiel. So it's, it's fun to me. It, uh, it is. It's, it's pretty hilarious. I think, I think it's good stuff. Um, uh, as we, uh, as we continue on though, um, we have, uh, Sonia Deville. So she actually, before I get into that, uh, ENG in the chat, uh, real quick with a super chat says, uh, I think Allison is saying there's a channel on YouTube called BC Amplified saying SmackDown is canceled after releases. <laughs> well, we should probably stop going to that channel, Allison. <laughs> yeah, don't go to that channel. No, Fox would, Fox would think otherwise with their <laughs> yeah. billion dollar investment. Fox does not give a fuck about NXT releases. No. And uh, I feel like that'd be on more chance. That's a great soundbite. Somebody cut that soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not even going to try to reenact it because I can't no, do this. That's, <laughs> that's a great soundbite. Uh, <laughs> so, so we continue on and we get a match set up for later. Uh, Sonia Deville's told that higher ups want her to compete without her executive power. So she's getting put in a six person tag match later tonight. Justin, you called it. If this show had a, a subtitle, it'd be raw colon six person tags. Cause I felt there's three of them, uh, or at least the, the announcement of one and then the one right after it opened the show and then the one to close the show. Sony Deville still having some issues with the, uh, the bosses. It seems. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into the match obviously yeah. at the end, but I don't know if there's anything to take away beyond, uh, just the, do we think Adam Pierce is messing with her or are the quote unquote higher ups really unhappy with Sonia Deville? Has there ever been any less intrigue with a, a general manager or authority figure than there is right now? I think Sonia Deville is doing great. I think, you know, just watching her in the ring, she presents herself like a star. I mean, her hair and everything matches her out. I mean, she just looks like a star. Uh, this whole Adam Pierce, I, I could. I could not care less. I will say Constable Corbin probably hasn't beat 
<laughs> no, you know, when Paige was an authority figure, actually, remember Paige was an authority figure, I think, for SmackDown, and then that was like, got abruptly stopped because I was like when all the McMahons took the ring in December and we're like, right. we're giving, we're taking the show back. We hear you fans. <laughs> right. <laughs> that lasted a week or two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was like, I don't like looking that up because I realized how long ago that was. I'm like, geez, that was how, it was like four years ago now. It was like 2018. 20, right? December of 2018, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Paige was great too in that role. They, it, they undid it for the sake of just, undoing it and with no real plan what's her situation she's still on the contract with them right she's still on the contract yeah yeah i think she's still on the roster page i don't know what that if that means anything but yeah she's still there uh so we get veer versus burt hansen and uh byron saxon interviews the guy just before he's about to get destroyed which just seems cold-blooded <laughs> to me but they did uh, that with bronze guys remember with uh there were a couple of uh, guys yeah. where he said, "Like I like meaty men." Remember that one guy? Yeah. Yeah. They also, they also did it with a, they did it with a female once. Uh, she wrestles. She's from Pittsburgh, and she wrestled. Nia Jax. Um, well, no, no, that well, before maybe, my it was before she wrestled Nia Jax, right? Well, no, Britt Baker wrestled Nia Jax for Nia's first TV. I'm, the 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 wrestler I'm thinking of her name is Lady Frost. I don't know if she wrestled oh. Nia though. Was it Nia? I thought it was before Nia. They maybe her. it was, but yeah, but she was standing right outside the ring. It was very random. They, they hadn't done that much at all around the time, and and to, and to give local talent who you're just paying a la carte that night a live microphone, I feel is still just kind of wild. Um, yeah, and then and this guy tonight, what, what, his story is that he works at a barbecue or he worked at a barbecue joint down the street. <laughs> I thought I thought it had heart to it, and then I thought yeah. Corey Graves kind of <laughs> making pulled pork references and pulled, just yeah. I I think if if they were like, wow, this is just a guy trying to make it, and this is his big dream opportunity, it would have like settled differently. But because it was like, go back to the barbecue <laughs> shop. Well, loser. that's right. This was uh, this wasn't exactly Shane Falco material here. Of, <laughs> uh, I mean, this was this was Bert Hansen, you know, saying. I worked at the barbecue joint. It's been my dream to work for. I mean, this was so stupid. It was so dumb. And my thing when I watch TV, when I'm watching Raw, I, I in my head, these guys are superstars, millionaire celebrities, and to hear this guy just, you know, oh, I was working at the barbecue place, and, and now I'm here. I am. Uh, it just, I don't know. I feel like it kind of brings down the the mystique of what it takes to be on this show. If that makes I, sense, yeah. yeah, yeah, I do feel like in in Bert, Bert's defense, I don't know what he usually wrestles as as, but in his defense, he's probably told what to say. But at the same time, you're right, Raj. It's kind of like you couldn't find anybody. Like your <laughs> WWE, you have NXT. You you had to go pull someone from a barbecue restaurant. Like that, to, to like, could you again? We always make the joke. Could you imagine Dana White being like, "Hey guys, we don't have anyone to fight, so we went to a barbecue <laughs> restaurant." Old someone. Yeah. It, That's what they did with CM Punk's first opponent. But actually, he was actually pretty good. His <laughs> second opponent. Well, we, we do have a, uh, a super chat that's been sitting here. I was waiting for this moment. Uh, Maya Lee asks, Veer versus Gunther, who wins? Right now? Veer. I go Veer. I'd say Veer. You, you know, the one thing I like about Veer, uh, the way he presents himself on social media, I feel like that's an interesting character. That's a star. 
the stuff they're doing with him on TV, it's very Umaga-ish. It's kind of stereotypical. I don't know. Uh, but I think there's a ton of potential. He has a Disney movie made on him. Uh, there's there's potential there. I think Beer is a, a star in the waiting. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. I I I think so too. Yeah, I mean, he looks the part. Uh, he really does. He's really, you know, especially if you you know look up his headshot for what he was when he played baseball. He looked, you know, just a more traditional looking guy off the street. You know, he looks a lot more, you know, intimidating with the beard and the hair grown out. And obviously, he's he's bulked up. Um, he, he's got a really solid presentation. I, I think the and this is just there's there's still a struggle WWE still is trying to get past that point of do, do we does he have to be like thank thank god they don't have him out there doing anti-american rhetoric promos but like there's still a a, a thing to get over and I, I think you know mustafa ali has spoken about it in time too of like just because i look the way i look or have the name i have doesn't mean that i have to just be this that i have to just be a bad guy that's like and so I, I think that's kind of I'm trying to articulate that, I'm trying to articulate this better. That's where we have to figure out with, with Veer. Can they get past that? Can Veer be, you know, can we can we market Veer? Like like Rogers always said, the, the, the million dollar arm thing. And, and this guy has a history and you know, he has a babyface story they can get into later when they feel he's ready to be a babyface. I want to see if they can get past the traditional heel one oh one thing. Right. I mean, a uh, big foreigner right now in WWE land is Savage, you know, like this brute mm-hmm. savage that uh you know, doesn't know any better in a, in a weird way, whatever. Um, I, I, but, you know, look, I look at beer, you know, growing up, you know, I mentioned this on Twitter. Um, when I was growing up as an Indian person uh, in, in America, I was born in Kentucky. Uh, I saw no Indian people in the ring or, you know, uh, short circuit. There was a scientist that was an Indian guy, and it turned out he was actually a white dude. (laughs) Yeah, and he's actually on succession. So uh, the the Indian characters you did have were not Indian. So seeing, you know, Jinder Mahal and Satnam Singh and all these guys, it's it's really cool. uh, But I, I do think there is a lot of potential with this character, with who he really is, that is not tapped into yet, and maybe they will. So. We'll see. I always it's funny because they always say that the best characters are who you are turned up to eleven. And you have some people like Veer who is who you would want to see turned up to eleven, and they say, Now nah, we're gonna do something different. We're gonna do you something different and turn you down to like a three. And I, I I follow him on Twitter and just seeing him in his suits and everything, he just looks like a star. So um I, I I hope they take advantage of that. He he just has a, a different look and presentation that I think uh, could be big. This is one thing um, when I when I went to India in twenty I think it was two thousand eight or two thousand nine. But uh, the great Kali. Uh, so I went with my sister. Uh, her husband was a white dude. Uh, my wife and we we went to Europe then to India. And it just so happened that the great Kali was going there at the same time. And it was a gigantic deal. It was unlike anything I've ever seen in the U.S. It was on all the news, all the, the top actors, Shah Rukh Khan, the top uh, uh, cricketer, uh, Sachin Tendulkar. They were all trying to meet him. Like, it was a huge deal. It was like Elvis. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was just that potential 
to have that kind of superstar. Granted, you're not going to make money on tickets and things like that, but you are going to make money on TV rights and things like that. And having a huge Indian star presenting them well, uh, it, it, it could be a big deal. I get I get why AEW is doing it with Satnam Singh and with Veer. I, I, I see that potential there. Well, yeah, I mean, I and, and Raj, I think I think to an American audience over here, especially if they've never been to that side of the world, I mean, they, they don't realize, you know, the U.S. has 300-something million people. Uh, it is, what, 1.4 billion people? That's a huge population to, to attract. Yeah. Right. So, And I always say, too, like, as a kid, I would always, like, my favorite wrestlers were the ones I could project myself onto. And, you know, you watch, and I would always say, like, one of the reasons Bret Hart was one of my favorites is because he was the easiest one for me to be like, if I was a wrestler, that'd be me. So that's as a kid, I'm like, that's me wrestling out there. And I think that as a company, you should give your fans people they can do that for. And so I, I think uh, Raj, to your point, I think it's a good thing to say, look, this is something that fans can, someone that fans can look to and be like, that's me. I can project myself onto that person. And, um, and that, I, I absolutely think that should happen. That's an amazing point you just made with Bret Hart. I always, would equate Bret Hart to Rocky in that he he wasn't like Hulk Hogan where it was just this giant over the top charisma machine. He he always had that common man kind of thing that you could relate to and mm -hmm. you could latch on to. And but anyway, that, that's kind yeah of separate from beer. But yeah, I mean, I think Bret Hart, man, uh, I feel like there's a lot of Bret Hart appreciation going on right now, so I, I wanted to throw some in. No, absolutely. absolutely. Always good time for Bret Hart appreciation. <laughs> uh, but I think we're on the same page about Veer. I think I would definitely like to see the the Instagram Veer on WWE TV. Yeah. Um, and uh, Amit in the chat sends through a super sticker. So thank you, Amit. Thank you, Amit, Ch Amit Chaudhary. Thank you. Thanks, Amit. Um, as we continue on, we got uh, AJ Styles and... Uh, he says that Edge is just mad because he has a fragile ego. Uh, Edge says that Greensboro is full of people who can't count, and AJ thinks with his heart and not his head. Uh, and if he can beat Priest, then Priest is barred from ringside at their match at WrestleMania backlash. And um, <laughs> of course, AJ gets the win here. So Damian Priest is now not going to be at ringside. Um, but, uh, Finn Balor comes out and stops a beat down and, uh, I'm seeing a, ba 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 bullet club. No, <laughs> uh, I want to see the bullet club. Let me see it. Uh, Finn and AJ, Justin LaVar, is it happening? I don't care if it's too late. I don't care if they missed their chance. Give me the bullet club. Yeah. I think, you know, some cheap pops, maybe some pairings on the house show, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, look, I, I'll, I'll watch Priest and uh, Styles have a match every single week. Uh, they, they'll, they'll, you can give them 20 minutes every week, and they'll give you something different every week. It's pretty amazing to watch. Um, and I'm a fan of this. Again, I'm a fan early on of this attempt here with Edge and Priest and this. You know, I know Raj doesn't like magic or dark <laughs> arts, but I like this uh, attempt. I will say, though, I think Raj said it last week, and then I'm going to further this. You know, it, it, the, the, the funny thing about trying to do this with Edge is, that, again, it's like, He's belittling the fans. Like, nobody wanted to hate you, dude. Everybody's happy that you're back. And then, like, tonight, he's shitting on Greensboro. And it's like, dude, you made a point to move, and you now live in Asheville, North Carolina, which is less than 200 miles from Greensboro, North Carolina. So that's kind of a weird, like, uh, backyard. I don't know. So they, I, I could have done without all that stuff. But, 
No, this made sense because you, you you want Styles and Edge to not have Priest out there for the the next match because a if Priest is out there, if he doesn't help Edge get the victory, then it already weakens the credibility of the team. B if Priest is out there and he helps Edge beat Styles, well that's essentially what just happened at WrestleMania. So this at least allows something fresh to happen, whether either a third person joins Judgment Day and thwarts and helps Edge and thwarts Styles, or Styles just gets redemption and gets a clean win. So this was the right thing to do, and I'm fine with us getting a match that brings us to that's the that that result. Yeah, and Raj, that match, by the way, a 39-year-old and a 44-year-old putting on a casual 20-minute banger on a random episode of Raw. I mean, I thought this was a youth movement. We got these guys out here just showing us how it's done. Hey, hey, I think not having a match end due to purple light stoppage is, you know, always a always a positive. I don't know if I'm setting my my standards too low now, but uh, this is my this is my purple lights come on. <laughs> that's, his, that's his that's his finisher, Raj. He wins right. with that. purple lights, making weird faces, and 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 there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I you know, look, I I, I think uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sold into this. It, look, I think Edge is a, a genius. I think um, he can make stuff work. I'm not buying into this character yet. It seems forced. Uh, it doesn't seem natural. Damien Priest, I think, looks like a badass in this new uh, in, in this new character. He looks awesome, but I'm just not buying the the package. So. It doesn't feel like a main event package. Ed should be a main event guy. He doesn't feel like a main event guy right now. Well, you know, when you just mentioned earlier, guys that Roman could be facing, you didn't say Edge. No. And he should be in that mix. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's Edge is so good on the microphone. And I feel like he's, he feels like one of the right now, one of those like really great actors in a movie with a bad script. Yeah. Where, I like, like De Niro way- in like almost all of his movies since like 2005. <laughs> yeah, we're like this is like you're doing so well, but what you're saying, I mean, you're taking cheap shots at Greensboro, like that's, and you're saying that AJ Hat is too stupid to know. Like this is very low hanging sur- fruit. This low hanging fruit, but he's doing he's delivering it great. I'm like this is you're doing a great job, but. I still don't really get what you're all about. Why do you call yourself Judgment Day? So wait, now, now we're comparing this to what De Niro doing, like Dirty Grandpa, <laughs> <laughs> the intern. I mean, yes, right. I mean, that's kind of. It's not that bad yet. Yeah, it's, that it, would be you, like you know Matt you, Hardy's final months in WWE, but it's getting there. Are you? Do you take it as a, a, a insult if you're compared to uh, De Niro, even if it's for one of his bad movies? Uh, if if you had to, if you were told that you had to watch all of De Niro's movies from the last ten years, you would. Uh, it would be a chore. <laughs> well, you get the tre- you get the treat and marathon of the Irishman, but the yeah, otherwise the Irishman's good. That's about it. Well, uh, Robert Martinez in the chat adds uh, Judgment Judgment Day's entrance slaps. Priest is cool AF. He is cool as. as you're a little blurry there jack yeah i don't know what happened i think uh when i laughed my i moved and my camera refocused Ah, there there we go there There we go okay um (laughs) in any case i started talking we started talking about late period robert de niro and my camera was like nope none of that (laughs) Uh, so not disgrace his name 
What I'm thinking, though, after I'm seeing this, is if I'm Drew McIntyre, I challenge Paul Heyman to a match where if I win, Paul Heyman's not allowed at ringside. Does that work in, for managers? No? It, it seems like they're going to Drew very quickly because it, it makes sense, right, to do Drew at the UK pay-per-view, and that's not until September. That's what I mean. They, they have a long ways to go until they could. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's three pay-per-views uh, until then. It was especially four. I don't know why they pulled Shinsuke that match. I, I don't know if there's like a reason for that, but it seemed like, cause again, I don't, I don't think we, any of us believe Shinsuke would win, but it felt like a good, you know, I guess B pay-per-view main event. That would be interesting enough. And it'd be better than a six man tag. Yeah. yeah. I, do you, I wonder if it's cause wasn't Roman Reigns hurt is this is pure speculation, but wasn't nope. he hurt? Is there, Oh, he's, he's good to go. No, oh, he's fine. That's mm-hmm. all internet BS. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. Okay. Nope. Go ahead, Rush. Not on Wrestling Inc. Not on Wrestling <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, well, in that case, never mind. I was thinking maybe they're just trying to, to cover that up. But Jack, I'm... what have you been reading? Where have you been visiting? Yeah. Uh, what was that channel? Dirt like Sheets. CC. Uh, what was uh, Allison saying? Allison, what was the channel? <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting all my information. BC from, Ammunition. Like, the BC, BC YouTube Amplified. channel. <laughs> That's where I get all my information from. Uh, so uh, the Miz brings out Ali for a Miz TV, and I love the whole mic doesn't work thing and him continuing to talk trash, and then Ali find a way to switch the mics, and then Miz didn't have, have the mic that didn't work. I thought that was fun stuff. But Theory eventually comes out and says he's going to get a contenders match, but it's going to be a handicap match, and then the bad guys get the win. Ali takes the loss, and then we get a Champa attack after the match justin this feels like a tangled ball of yarn of what's going on here uh can you can you clean this up for me like what's 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 going on here what's what's with champa what's with this feels very confusing i agree with you it was fun stuff the the touches of the of the music and the no mic or whatever um this feels like you know obviously there was you know contention between ali and and management for a while and he was vocal about that uh they obviously came to at least some agreement to get him back on tv don't know what it was or but like this feels like they, they've pitched him this idea of look you know we're gonna have you you're gonna get to make little comments and we're gonna reference it and you're gonna be fighting from underneath and you're gonna be fighting the man and you're gonna be fighting the miz who's got reality tv show like this feels like they've pitched this thing which sounds good and that there's got that there's got a big hero story but I, I'll be curious if we ever get to the end of the movie or if he just has to keep shooting the same struggle scenes over and over and over. And then because that's what this kind of feels like. That's what this, this feels like. He is just there at the expense of Theory, who, of course, is on his way to the moon. You know, the Miz, who's who's in the Hall of Fame if he retires tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's what I worry and fear. And then, oh, but OK, Chomp, I don't even know how much investment Chomp will ultimately be. But, oh, we just need somebody that Chompa can keep attacking and looking dominant on that's my fear is that a lot ali's being pitched this this bag of gold that that's there at the end of the at the end of the movie but we won't ever get past the second act yeah raj i kind of worry that champa is being used as a safety valve if they feel like they don't like this and they can just pivot ali to champa as opposed to going for the title like this feels very much like almost like a video game where like if this happens, you get the boss, which is the championship. Or if this happens, you get Miz. Or if it, you're not doing well, you go to all due respect to Champa, but you go to Champa 
you know, it feels like they're trying to give themselves a lot of pivot points if this doesn't go the way they want it to. Yeah, and I, I thought this sucked. You know, look, I think someone's been off to what what was it like eight months that Ali's been off? I, I, At least it's it's been it's been a minute. If you're writing a story and someone comes back after eight months, do you have? I don't care if it's fifteen on one. Do you have them lose one weekend uh, of their return, or do you have them beat you know someone build that build on that momentum and keep going and then? Uh, when they finally lose, it means something. So to me, I thought this was just bad storytelling. Um, I thought it sucked on every level. I, yeah. I love Austin Theory. I think he, and I, someone called him Austin. I think it was Corey. Corey Graves. Commentary and it quickly corrected himself. But Theory's the future. I, if I had to put stock in him or Ali and where they're going, it's, it's Theory. Mm-hmm. But at least try and, and to kind of beat him right off the bat. It just shows where he's pegged and uh, Champa beating Ali. When you just saw him lose tonight, it, it doesn't really mean anything. So eh, yeah, I, I like the pieces, but I I'm too confused about what's going on. And to your point, especially if this is the return should be very simple. It should be a very simple, even if, even if his return is, even if today was literally just theory saying, you've got to get through Champa first and then right. they have to match at backlash. And we go, okay, I get it. This is where we're going, but. And I'm surprised the Miz hasn't took a jab at retribution. I keep waiting for that. Punchline. <laughs> it's such low hanging fruit. All right. Bring I mean, that come, up on. Again. come on. <laughs> and there's been some low hanging fruit in this rivalry. So that would make sense, but we will, uh, <laughs> we'll see if that plays retribution, out. Retribution. Oh my God. Worst angle of the last year. What, what would you say? What was worse than that? Well, it wasn't the last Ray year. Ray Mysterio. Retribution went into two years. Uh, that, yeah, that goes back years. to 2020. I mean, you'd have to go pretty far back, I think. I skip a year pop. in my memory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that. Ray Mysterio losing an eye was probably the worst. <laughs> that, that at least gave me giggles, though. <laughs> <laughs> and there was there was at least that interest of, how are they going to lose an eye? What are they going to do? And these? they didn't do anything. They cut it out. Like the actual <laughs> eye extraction they decided not to show it. <laughs> I, it's not. A, it's not so much an angle as it is a finish. But good God, the the fiend and Seth Rollins and the Hell in a Cell finish. Oh, oh yeah, that was That's not good. Bad. We 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 have come a long way. <laughs> have we? It was it was a, it was a bad time back then. <laughs> there was some dark moments. Those were dark days. <laughs> Those were dark days. But I'm telling you, in 20 years, people are going to be like, man, remember when wrestling was great and we had like Seth Rollins burying the fiend with all the tools? That was so cool. And then Ray happen. lost his eye. That was crazy. It was so good back then. Why don't they go back to the Thunderdome era? <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the Thunderdome era, Reggie and uh, Dana Brooke, they're, uh, they're not going on a honeymoon. Dana's mad at everyone. Nikki A.S.H. becomes the champ. Then... Uh, she defend she loses the title in a regular match, and then Dana asks for a divorce after the match. Uh, my question, Raj, this seems right up your alley. Uh, everyone's <laughs> talking about Reggie's prenup, but the way I see it, without a prenup, doesn't that mean if they get a divorce, Reggie is fifty percent twenty four seven champion? That's that's how I read it. So yeah, I mean, I, I he's the fifty twenty four seven champion. <laughs> that, biggest- that, the biggest thing to come out of this is that our truth is now going to pivot his gimmick to being a divorce lawyer. 
That that could go for miles and years in WWE. If, if I will say that. Popping up as a divorce lawyer. <laughs> you're, you're right, Justin. I will say this, and I, I mentioned this on Twitter as well. Our truth is a, a a treasure. He is just killing it. I hate this stuff. I hate the 24-7 stuff. It's not my cup of tea. It's like uh, extracting eyeballs <laughs> you know, to go back to that for from my face. But uh, I think our truth was fantastic in this segment and and for him to be at the level he on tv consistently year after year after year and there's so many talented guys drew gulak who's hilarious and mm-hmm. he cannot stay consistently on tv but our truth is is pretty remarkable vince vince has always liked ron yeah i mean you you would see the pictures of them together yeah. and there, there's uh, stories there's stories i've heard especially back in the day when things were a little bit more wild west yeah, uh, of things that Vince found out or may have even been present for around our truth, and uh, and just he's got a certain and truth is still there. He, no matter what, truth has gotten a, a few. I mean, but he's and he's like I don't know, Raj. I don't know if you've ever interviewed him. Remember, like he's he's, he's yeah. A, we've interviewed him on the site before. Yeah, he's an electric personality. Yeah, he's a charismatic personality. He is super entertaining. So I mean, he his he's another one who you don't think you know, we, he's not positioned in a show like a Hall of Famer. But he will go to the Hall of Fame one day, and hit, and the video package they make for his induction is going to be hilarious because they're they're, they're going to have, you know, they're going to have to keep it at like three minutes or less. They're going to have probably eight minutes worth of stuff that they want to use, <laughs> um, and then his speech has potential just to be. I mean, he's one of those guys, and then he's been around, you know, between Randy Orton Appreciation Week last week of twenty years. I mean, re- re- young wrestling fans before he was our truth, he had a run in WWE. He's K Quick <laughs> in the late nineties. Right. Uh, and he had and he had a different song. It was uh, called "Getting Rowdy." I mean, he's he's he stood a test of time. His highlight video is going to be hilarious when he goes in the Hall of Fame. There's so many good funny moments. Of course, my favorite, I think, is still when he thought that he was going to eliminate Paul Heyman from the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he did that gimmick when he come out and say the wrong city. I mean, he... little little Jimmy. <laughs> he could pull it off you know (laughs) there were so many people you you give that same script to you know like this is what you got to do tonight they're not pulling it off but he did it and he was and he was in uh best picture nominee uh the wrestler (laughs) he was yes just 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 before randy the ram does some coke and bangs the chick in the bathroom he's partying with our truth (laughs) yeah 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 and our truth didn't know he was in a movie set no (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, but, uh, so as we, we continue on, uh, we get Seth Rollins, uh, he's basking in the spotlight for Seth Rollins appreciation night. And, uh, Cody is a jerk and interrupts the video package. Says people's made great promo between these two, Justin. Um, I love Seth Rollins right now. I think this is, I just love everything he's doing. And I think he is playing the foil to Cody Rhodes return perfectly. Yeah, you know, I think that this this version of Seth Rollins, I think he like really, I don't know if he knew. I think he just kind of was really trying. I think he was just really trying just to do something different. And this is it's it's worked, and he's found some kind of groove. People with the, the that change they made to the music of adding the oh yeah, you know, that's called on yeah. all the weird dancing, the weird fake Joker laugh. It, it's it is all kind of actually clicking and working. Uh, this this whole this was one of the best segments they did tonight. Um, mm-hmm. First off, I, I can't recall if either of you do correct me. I can't recall since the passing of Dusty Rhodes anybody getting to speak negative about Dusty and use it for heat. 
Um, so obviously this is the, the situation where it was obviously, of course, approved and it works because you're saying it to one of Dusty's sons. Um, and that was needed in the sense of this. They're having a rematch. They needed some heat. They needed some juice. You know, the whole first match was just predicated on Rollins wanted a match and we have a mystery surprise opponent. It's uh, or it's Cody. And they even had a little bit of respect with each other. Even uh, so, if they're going to fight again, you need you need some passion. And what better way to get passion than to start to dig into the family and and, and you know so, so that I, I think they accomplished what they needed to accomplish in this. This is probably the number one thing I'm looking forward to at WrestleMania Backlash because it has this new layer to it, and because Seth is so on fire in this heel persona. But so is Cody as the returning babyface, and we know just because they keep they even made a reference tonight about you know Dusty never got to be world champion, he wasn't good enough. Neither are you. So you know that Cody's eventual path is going to find himself challenging for world titles. So how they book this match, what they do, this is the most interesting thing I think coming out of Monday. Yeah, Raj, I, I got to agree with Justin here. I think this is great, and I I think they added the personal touch with the Dusty Road stuff, perfect right before the the show. I thought this was the best thing on the show. I thought uh, Cody's fantastic. He's he gets it. He he knows how to make things bigger um, uh, and seem important. I I, I I don't get Seth's character. It feels like an act when he's out there doing the Joker thing. Uh, it doesn't feel natural to me. Like uh, to me, the best characters in the business are the ones where it feels like that's really them you know, MJF, uh, Roman Reigns, um, so many, uh, Bianca Belair. Uh, I mean, it, it, the, the list is endless, but Seth feels like an act when he's out there and doing it. it and it, it's not like he's performing it well, in my opinion. It just feels uh, like a, a, a poor man's joker. <laughs> but... <laughs> I, I do think this was the best thing on the show. And I feel like this is uh, the most anticipated thing for me uh, on this pay-per-view. I, I feel like uh, Rhonda and Charlotte, I think it's pretty obvious Rhonda's winning that. So this is the one where you could go both ways. I think Seth should win. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Cody should win. But uh, you you really could go either way. And a good and a good location for them to be in to cut that promo using Dusty mm-hmm. in Green, as they mentioned in Greensboro, which was you know hot, um, hot you know hot NWA hot uh, uh, Mid Atlantic territory for for Dusty in those years. And the promo is true, you know, like Dusty never won the WWE Championship. He was mm-hmm. upper card, but he wasn't the guy. And uh, it, it, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great segment. I don't like Seth's character, but I, I thought the segment was great. Well, you saying negative things about <laughs> Seth Rollins makes me not want to read the super chat, but I'm gonna because I'm a professional. Hey, Raj, <laughs> my wife is asking whether you are doing some exercise these days as you are looking fit. That's uh, oh, yeah, 24 that's, inch pump. That's, right. the, that's 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 the re- right. that's the result of Hello Freshing diet that's and right. manscaping. Hello yeah. Fresh. Hello, freshing and manscaping. <laughs> it's got a Mitt's wife smitten. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cream rises to the top. Yeah, no, I've, I've been, uh, I had a rough year, uh, the year of the pandemic, and I've been going back to the gym and trying to hit it hard. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for noticing. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, congratulations, Raj. Keep up the good work, as they always say. People yeah. are noticing. Uh, 
Mr. Meowpus uh, asks or says, uh, Andre Chase will rule the comedy spot soon. Andre Chase does crush it on NXT 2.0 whenever he's out there, surprisingly. Uh, I was very skeptical of Andre Chase on 2.0, but I've been pretty entertained <laughs> by Chase U. Do you guys watch NXT 2.0? He, he's the teacher, he's the, right? Yeah. Justin, you cover it, right? Or I don't. Nope. No? Oh, do you watch 2.0? I, I do, but I, I watch it at like different. Yeah. Pieces. I fast forward through it. Yeah. 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 He's you know, people. look, when, when people criticize NXT 2.0, you're, you're missing the point. It's mm-hmm. not meant any longer to be a quality show or something that the company is looking to improve their business on. It's meant to create stars for the main roster. So when Braun Breaker is doing the stupid shit, like he's been doing with uh, Gacy and I guess Harlan's gone, but with Gacy, uh, I I think they're trying to get him more comfortable doing uh, acting, you know, and and because he's proven that he can go in the ring. So trying to get him more, you know, Zion Quinn, same thing, trying to get them more comfortable with, the entertainment aspect of wrestling as opposed to just being great in the ring. So I get what they're doing. I don't like NXT 2.0 as a show, but um, that's what the goal is different from what it used to be. Yeah. I don't want to sit and watch the show start to finish, but I like individual segments. That's, that's kind of how I watch. I seek out things that I, that I hear. Hey, check this out. This is a stat from our guy, Bernie. Uh, Dusty Rose last NWA World Title won on Bash number thirteen in nineteen eighty six Greensboro. Oh, that would have been in June, right? Or June or July? Great American Bash thirteen. It's usually June, right? <laughs> yeah, July was uh, Bash the Beach. Well, maybe not in eighty six. They didn't have that. They didn't Bash yeah, the Beach. Just Great American Bash. It, it, it used to tour back then. Um, it was in. It was it, that was when it still toured, and then they moved Great American Bash to like Baltimore for long time hang on right so, july 26th thank you bernie good call bernie the stats uh well as we uh we got a couple things here we got to hit on real quick um we have uh bobby lashley and cedric alexander have a match cedric trying to earn his way back into a a hurt business type situation uh if he can beat the almighty bobby lashley MVP tries to run distraction, doesn't work. Bobby Lashley gets the dub before the match against Omos at Backlash. Uh, Justin, this feels pretty straightforward. Um, not mind-blowing, but it's good to see Cedric back on TV and uh, I guess does what it needs to do, right? Yeah. Um, everything with this, I'm in. <clears throat> I'm just in reserve until we see the match. We've talked about this before. Uh, Omos versus Bobby, I mean, if, if, if they have any – if there's any – seriousness about Lamont. I mean, they have to get him. He's going to have to win. Um, but I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, putting him with MVP was good. Have a talker, but I, he's, I mean, he's a legit one of the tallest guys I've ever had. I mean, he's, uh, he's up there, you know, in competition with giant Gonzalez. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a tall, tall guy. He does, they don't grow on trees. Right. So, I mean, he's an attraction, but I, um, I don't know. It, it just doesn't add up the way, again, the way they, Broke and AJ up so randomly and sporadically or abruptly uh, early January. Seemed like, oh, there must be a big mania, road to mania plan. There wasn't. He, he, Bobby beats him still at mania. I don't know. I, so I'm watching this closely to see how they book Omos. Because um, this this might all, I, I, I hate to I hate to be doom and gloom, 
because I'm I'm usually a let it play out guy. I hate fans that get too um, itchy trigger. But we might not be talking about him by the time we get through some of these stadium shows, depending on how his progression is or isn't going. You know, we're hearing about we didn't talk about it in the news stories, but there's you know we're hearing about a shorter leash that they're having with talent right now and developing, and they have such a such a revolving door of talent, especially now with this you know with them be working with college athletes and stuff. They don't have a lot of patience anymore for you know guys and girls not picking it up as fast as they want. So I just wonder these next few months for Omos could be critical. Omos is kind of a different. He gets a, an exception though, right? I mean that size. Well, like, I, I mean I, I think to an extent, yes. And I'm and, and don't and don't I don't want what I just said to be like oh I'm 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 watching for Omos to get. But I, I just right right. What I'm saying is for what appeared like they were doing all the protection in 2021. And then to mm-hmm. then have him abruptly split from AJ, like it, it, things were moving at a pace where it felt like he could have a major mania match. And, and that didn't really happen. Things slowed up. Things, maybe some things changed. So I'm just watching closely to see, like, is he following the timeline of what they want to see out of him for whatever investment they've made in him is what I'm watching for. I, I mean, and I wish him the best. I, I, of course, right. I don't want anybody to, you know, so. Yeah, if you look at the ratings last week, the Omos segment with Lashley was the second highest in, in total viewers uh, of the night. In 1849, it was around the middle, but um, people still love that freak show aspect of wrestling at times. You know, like the uh, you know people shit on Kali, but his matches with John Cena did huge ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Uh, to expect Omos to be Kenny Omega, you know, <laughs> is you're uh, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> but I think there is a spot for someone like Omos. He is someone that does turn heads. He, he is someone that my friends that don't watch wrestling when they're over will be like, "Whoa, yeah. what is this?" You know, like yeah. that's mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, as opposed to one, two, kick out, shock face, you know, which were, you know, is the norm otherwise. So, and, and kind of, and a little bit like Veer. And I know not everybody can be a baby face here. And I'm not suggesting Omos be a baby face, but you can still make a heel interesting if you give them a backstory. Yeah. Give me some, give me some backstory about him. Yeah. Give me some backstory of how he wound up in the WWE. Right. So, absolutely. It- so that's so important too, just to even latch on to the character. Like, why do I care about this person? Yeah, I mean, and and, and of course, if you have to dramatize things like everything in Hollywood or, or anything, I mean, like I, I think he played basketball. Like, like make up a story. Give me, give me, you know, eighty percent truth that he played this sport. He's from here, and he's the first person. Like, give me these things that are real that that paint a real picture of a backstory, and then exaggerate like crazy that last twenty. Oh, he got kicked off the basketball team because he he had more technical fouls than anybody else because he was so br- like I don't know just you beat up people backstage yeah like just <laughs> right you know like that in make it pretty I mean I don't know just give me some backstory again back to the, the you know going back to Veer give us a backstory you know it's similar I mean Veer about- it's just sitting there it's Bert, Bert, already Bert, there Bert right Bert fucking Hansen has more backstory working at the barbecue joint down the street tonight <laughs> than Veer or Omas has. Think about that. Bert, Bert is a well-developed developed character. Just, he is. He is a. Uh, he is a, a well-rounded character. Out, peeled onion of a character. <laughs> but to your point, when you think about Kane, he literally was the brother of a guy who they thought burned to death, and 
came back just to fight the undertaker but from there they were able to move him on to do a bunch of other stuff but we at least knew like that's why he's there and it's funny because all us wrestling fans knew that's glenn jacobs he was unabomber in mid-south he was dr isaac yankum but we bought into it because it was told so well yep right so just give it yeah we don't have to believe that it's real just make it interesting just let us make it believable enough that we could suspend our disbelief. Right. Paul uh, Bear was given the tombstone pile driver to Taker's mama, and we all believed it. It's kind of funny looking back in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dewdrop wants Nikki Ash to take things more seriously. Uh, is this the end of the Ash gimmick? Is this the? Um, uh, I'm guessing it's a new tag team, so I have a feeling Naomi and Banks are going to hold on to the titles. Um, oh, yeah, anything, I, anything yeah, else? I, yeah, I think it'll be the end of the superhero thing. I think it'll be a uh, Nikki probably returning to more conventional look. Probably, I think they're both they're both Scottish, right? They're probably like a Scottish Please alliance. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, so so we get, <laughs> as far as the main event goes, we get a, a promo from Becky Lynch saying that Oscar she gave Oscar the title and Oscar kicked her when she was down, which I thought was actually very well done. Uh, Liv Morgan says she's not going to take another beat down from Rhea Ripley, and then we get the six person tag. Uh, it was fun. It was a good one. Lots of fun stuff happened. Liv hits the oblivion and gets the win. Uh, Justin, Liv needed the win here, right? This was the right finish to this match yeah the ending sequence is really good you know <clears throat> sonia trying to cheat and the ref seeing her and she thinks she's above the law and then live hits a finish i love that finisher too yeah. um yeah so it was a good ending i you know this was kind of a meh main event and again i know we've said before they've kind of really changed up their formula in the last couple of years it's not not the biggest thing is not the last thing that goes on anymore for for three hour raw but again i just i don't know i i kind of this kind of felt like a house show kind of finish let's get let, let the audience see all Six of these ladies' entrances and get them all out there, and um, but it was just kind of a meh finish. Uh, the, the the finishing sequence was good, but the the the, ma- the whole match and segments itself was kind of like I, I could find other things that were more interesting to end on. But again, maybe they wanted to front load them because they see that the audience continues to disappear as the minutes go on. Yeah, Raj, does the does the main event matter anymore? So. You know, when when I was watching this, all I could think about was arguably Becky Lynch was the biggest star two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, three years, uh, two years ago. I, I I lost a year with the Thunderdome pandemic. Right. I, I blocked that out. So, but I uh, before she vacated the title, I would say she was arguably the biggest star on the show. Her November, no, November 19, when she got busted open legit by Nia Jax, and it's the famous yep. shot of her in the crowd. November 19, into then what it becomes the pandemic, where she ends up having, when she ends up vacating the title the night after Raw yep. to Asuka. Yep. And then she and, was the biggest and, star. And the Performance Center. Yeah, that 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 run in November to April, she's the biggest thing. Does she feel anywhere close to that right now? She's totally no. miscast as heel. You know, it's funny, because I so often would like, so-and-so needs to turn heel. But mm-hmm. this is the opposite. Becky needs to go back to being the baby face top star of the company. She feels like less important right now than she has in like four years. I, I This should be a big deal, Becky Lynch in the main event. But I don't know. It just felt like uh, she's miscast. And I think she needs to get back to being a baby face. That's where she, 
she had the strongest star power. And uh, yeah, I thought this um, other outside of that, Bianca's amazing. Um, but it felt like a, well, like what Justin said, it just felt like a house show main event. Like I'm sure people tuned out in droves during this match. To your there point, were no stakes, nothing. To your point about Becky, I, I agree completely. I, I've said before, let me like the people I like. Uh, it feels so much like the people who boo her are booing her to support what she's doing, not right. booing her because they don't like, like you're, her. You're playing along as opposed to you really hate her. Right, right, right. And to your point, she was the she was on the cover of the video game. She was the she was the face of the company. And now I look at this match, and I know everyone a lot of people still like Becky. I'm not saying she's not talented, but I look at even just in this match, and I think Bianca should be the champ. And if I'm looking at people that contend, I actually kind of like Sonya Deville as the as a contender more. I like Oscar as a contender more. I like Rhea Ripley as a contender more. I don't even know if she's in the top half of people in this match, let alone in the company. It's kind of like what Raj was saying earlier about Seth. That's kind of how I feel a little bit like about Becky. She's trying to play like she's trying to now, you know, she's doing the same thing that he's doing the way like she's trying to she's wearing these crazy ass, you know, outfits yeah. that you would see on like the wildest like Met Gala events. Um, yeah. Like she's trying to yeah, manufacture this. I don't even know what she's manufacturing, but it, it doesn't feel like the Becky that it doesn't feel like the man shtick that had people buying into her and and it felt organic and, and even to the point where it ruffled Ric Flair's feathers. Like I feel, I feel like we're very departed from that at this point. She's playing this character that look, you know, if we're on this podcast and I'm trying to act like Ric Flair for a few weeks, I'm not Ric Flair. Right. <laughs> so I can play it all I want. Uh, but it's not, it's not believable. And, and I think she's, it just doesn't fit. It, it, you know, again, her and Seth both, I feel like they, it it doesn't fit. I I will, I, I will say though, her promo backstage was actually really good. I like the direction of her, of them, of her saying of her whole thing with Oscar was, you know, look, when I went away to be a mom, I wanted Oscar to be the warrior to step up and do it. She didn't do her part. I went and did my part. Yeah. And then, although then I come back, and then now you're gone because you know, that because that time like completely syncs up. Becky did come back, and then Oscar for whatever reason had been off has been off TV for however long. So I liked the like we've you've been dodging me. We have unfinished business. That's cool, and it's cool, to, and it's cool to be building something again that's not around a title in the women's division. But it, it's it's but you're building it with a Becky that has you know nowhere near the stock that she did you know two three years ago. I would love for her to lose to Oscar and then have that be the pivot point for her to start saying, I need to maybe not just outright say I need to be the old Becky, but I'd like that to be the pivot point to her to start just being a fan favorite. Let us, let us cheer for her. I know there's a lot of people we don't like. Let's not, let's not like them. You know, uh, I, I don't know if I'll ever boo her as much as a, as an evil Rhea Ripley or an evil Sonya, like Sonya Deville came out and I was like, that's the bad guy of the group. Uh, when, when she walked out, I think maybe that's why she got the final entrance of the group. But um, in any case, that does it. That's the show. We covered, we covered it all. We got through raw guys. How do you feel? Good. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we got I, through it. Got through it. Yeah. Uh, I, Batman. The, I, I need to get through the Batman. 
By the way, shout out in the uh, Cody Seth promo of uh, a Johnny Polo reference. I don't think Jolly, I don't think Johnny Polo has been spoken on WWE TV since 1994 or at least 25 years. That's yeah. tremendous to hear a Johnny Polo statement. Yeah, <laughs> someone's Google alerts are gonna go off big time. Real quick, <laughs> both of you guys, Johnny Polo or Raven? What's what? What was better? I was a oh Raven. Oh my God, guy. Raven! We it's yeah. not even a question. Johnny Polo. What? I can mm. tell you're a what? Johnny Polo what? guy. Whoa! Whoa! We're an hour and 31 minutes into this shit, and you're just asking to, to you're just Raven. trying to pick you're trying to pick a fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think Johnny Polo, if both were given the same platform, I think Johnny Polo would have been a bigger star than Raven. Raven Raven was given the opportunity. It, it went nowhere. I think Raven is a I think if if Raven you could do a Raven character today and it would be huge. Maybe not the exact uh, outfit. With the right guy. I liked Raven as Raven. He, he, he's like, oh, well, you know, like he had kind of a, a, a geeky voice. That's what made him so good. Is it, and that's it, why he never took off. Did no, it ever take off? Me. Did it no, ever take Did Raven never take off? That If Scott Levy popped up again today on, on WWE, especially in today in the age of like where like, being nerdy and emo sometimes is cool or, or being out there that you got like you know yeah. talking about yeah. mental mental health i mean the raven character as a as they dug through it but whether ecw or wcw like, you know the fact that he came from a rich family but he always thought that he came from like there's a lot that I, what, did it ever Johnny did Polo. it ever take off he never no but but not to the not to the level that it could have but because ECW, there's a ceiling. WCW, there was a ceiling. Was and WCW. WCW. He had all three major. Uh, no, when, when he got uh, when, never took more when he came, title when he came, <laughs> when he came back, when he came back to WWF in in '01 after well, you know once once Heyman and crew were shutting down and they were all now Team WWE officially mm-hmm. and publicly, he was pigeonholed to be a hardcore title. He if he was not pigeonholed in that spot. If they, it, it, Mick Foley was pigeonholed in the spot too, and he, he evolved. Raven, Mick Fo- no, Mick Foley, no, Mick Foley was pigeonholed in '96, where their roster was not nowhere near as deep. Oh, one, WCW's gone, ECW's gone. Vince has the entire wrestling world. That's a thick roster of depth for for Raven to have to fight through. '96, Foley was lucky of where so the roster was. Raven was a main event act in. I'm saying he could have. I'm saying that he no, he was not, and not. Uh, I'm saying that he could have been an even bigger act in WWE once he got there in 01 with the Raven character. But he had the biggest roster. They had just inherited Hulk yeah. Hogan, the NW, everything over the, the course of 01, 02, and 03. Raven was in WCW in what 98. Yes, but it's WCW, yeah. so there's a there's a there's a limit there yeah. because they were ran ass backwards. And you, 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 think Hulk, you think Hulk, you think Hulk Hogan was going to allow Raven to ascend to the top and be fighting? You think the Raven, but was Raven so over? And you're like, oh shit, they're bringing this guy down. He was, he's killing it. The, the crowd is going crazy when Raven's coming out. I love, and they're, and they're holding the him down. And I loved Raven. I was, I was totally into it. Raven sucked. Oh my god! <laughs> How dare you! How dare you! I was. Who did was you ever overrated. beat? Raj, overrated. Raj, who did you ever beat? Who did you ever beat? <laughs> oh my god. Uh. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I, what, a, I, what a maroon! What a maroon! <laughs> what a maroon! Yes, we will. We'll we'll continue this if, next if week. I missed we're... some great Raven period where he was getting super over. <clears throat> then, uh, yeah, let me know. How dare you? He was being super over and was held down. You know, let me know. Let me know. Or 
you just don't understand business is what I'm saying with the both of you guys. You guys don't understand business. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but Raven's still cool. <laughs> Raven sucked. I don't understand a lot of things, but I still like <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I love you guys. <laughs> no, uh, if, I, if you prop plop Raven back in W right now, he, he's got a he's gonna have a, a cardboard poster at every hot topic. Every hot topic there's Raven, it's gonna be uh I'm sure know. Vince when he's like, Oh, I need no, an opponent for Steve Austin. Raven is who I who I wanna Real talk, bring in. I bet if you brought Raven in now, like if you could transfer him to today, he would kill it in a AEW. I think Raven, Raven leads the Dark Order. I think he would be yeah, the Dark would... Order is a fail as well. <laughs> isn't it? Uh, uh, let's be honest, isn't it? It's Duke Grayson is Apparently gone. Well, it's had many phases. Feeling, not a whimper. It's had many phases, like, that's for sure. I'll, to be honest, personally, the fact that they're still around says they've overshot their. Uh, they, when was the last time the Dark Order was a thing on TV, on on real TV, which means dynamite? Raven but, could be the higher power to Judgment Day. I I don't know. <laughs> 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 that would actually be great. Edge is so serious that Raven's just like, I don't know, go to go attack AJ. I don't care. <laughs> go tell Greensboro they're stupid. Uh, well, that does it for us. Tomorrow we've got the NXT after show on Wrestling Inc. Then we've got the uh the dynamite.